I want you to take your Bibles and turn with us to Luke chapter 15. If you're able to stand with us, Luke chapter 15, for just a few moments this morning. I had this text on my heart, and I pray that God will use it to be a help to his Luke chapter 15. This morning, if you'll look with us, a familiar text, but don't let the familiarity of this text take away from what God has impressed upon us. Luke chapter 15 and verse number 11. The Bible says, And he said, A certain man had two sons, and the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the portion of goods that falleth to me. And he divided unto them his living. And not many days after, the younger son gathered all together and took his journey into a far country, and there wasted his substance with righteous living. When he had spent all, there arose a mighty famine in that land, and he began to be in want. And he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country, and he sent him into his field to feed swine. Notice verse number 16. And he would have fain have filled his belly with the husk that the swine did eat, and no man gave unto him. And when he came to himself, he said, look what he said, How many hired servants of my father's have bread enough and to spare, and I perish with hunger? I will arise and go to my father and will say to my father, Father, I have sinned against heaven. And before thee. Heavenly Father, I pray this morning that you'll give us liberty. Lord, help us not to say or do anything that would grieve the Holy Spirit. God, I pray you'll speak to hearts, save sinners, reclaim backsliders, and we'll give you the glory and the honor for all that'll be said and done. In Christ's name we do pray. Amen. Amen. You can be seated this morning. The prodigal son is a story that most of us are familiar with in the Word of God. And it's a rich text this morning that when you come to this chapter, there's much preaching in it. We've heard many sermons preached uh, concerning this parable that Jesus gave. This is one of three different parables, it can be said, but also all three parables, the parable of the lost silver and the parable of the lost sheep and the parable of the lost son, all three tie in to make up one great parable uh, that Jesus spoke here in Luke chapter 15. And when we come to this text this morning, I want you to notice in verse number 11, I'll just mention a few things and then give you our thought. There's a family in verse number 11. The Bible said that a certain man had two sons. And we see the family in this verse. There's a father in verse number 12 as the Bible said that the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the portion of goods that followed to me. And he divided unto them his living. So we see the family in verse 11. We see the father in verse number 12. And then in verse 13, there is the far country. As the Bible said that not many days after the younger son gathered all together, look, the Bible said he took his journey into a far country and there wasted his substance with riotous living. I'll stop and say this. If you go the far country, you'll waste everything that the father has ever given you. And then there's a famine in verse number 14. The Bible says, and when he had spent all, there arose a mighty famine in that land, and he began to be in one. In verse number 15, there's a farmer. Notice the Bible said that he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country. You say, who is that farmer? I'll tell you who that farmer is. Uh, he's none other than the devil, amen, uh, because the Bible also mentions in verse 15, the field. Look what that farmer did. He sent him into the field to feed swine. He gave him the lowest job 
job. And for a Jew, uh, that was a disgraceful job. I'm going to tell you, the devil will never give you anything worth having. Amen? He didn't give this old boy nothing but a bucket of slop. Uh, I'm going to tell you what, that's what this world is filled with. The filth and the slop of this world. I'm talking about rock and roll and country. I'm talking about, listen, living out in pleasure and sin and all types of worldliness and wickedness. Uh, uh, You may get out there in the far country and you may do a lot of those things, but at the end, when you look in your bucket of life, you know what it'll be filled with? The slop of this old world. Uh, Because the devil can never give you anything uh, worth keeping in this life. Amen? And when we come to verse number 16, I want to draw your attention to something in verse number 16 and 17. I want you to see the food that is mentioned in these two verses here. The Bible said that he would have fain have filled his belly with the husk. There's the first food that the swine did eat and no man gave to him. And when he came to himself, look what the Bible says here. He said, how many hired servants of my father have bread enough and to spare and I perish with hunger? Think about this this morning. When we get to this text in verse number 16 and 17 of everything that I've ever preached and studied about this text, I, I never paid attention until one day when I was reading this passage of Scripture and I came to the story of the prodigal son some years ago. It dawned on me how many times Jesus referenced food in this text. You say, what do you mean? Well, in verse number 15, there's the uh, it talks about the swine and it talks about them eating in verse number 15. In verse 17, it talks about what the servants ate. And then in verse 23, it talks about what the son ate when the fatted calf was uh, was killed. In verse number 15, uh, we find words uh, uh, such as feed. And uh, verse 16, the word belly and the word husk uh, and the word eat is mentioned in verse 16. In verse 17, the word bread is mentioned in verse number 20. The word calf and the phrase let us eat is found. You say, preacher, where are you going with all of this? Well, I got to thinking about that one day and I thought, why is the Lord talking so much about food in this text? Uh, Why is he saying so much about the uh, the belly and about eating? Uh, He talks about the husk and he talks about the bread and he talks about the fatted calf. Uh, I mean, if nothing else in this story ought to get Baptist attention, it ought to be the food. Amen? Uh, because we like to eat. Well, Jesus had much to say about the Father. He had much to say about the field. He had much to say about the far country. He had much to say about the famine, but it ever dawned on you. He had a lot to say about the food. Amen? You say, why is that? I think one reason is because the food is a type. Amen? Everything, every piece of food in this story is a type. I mean, the husk in verse number 16, it's a type. It represents the slop of this world. It represents Satan's slop. Amen. You see, that's how the devil feeds those who live for him and live for self. Amen. He leaves them empty and he leaves them wanting and he gives them nothing but the filth of this world. And then it represents the food here. The bread is a type. You say, what is it a type of? It's a type and a picture of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. It's a picture of the Word of God. 
And my friend, the word of God that we hold this morning, it's the written word. Isn't that right? And Jesus Christ is the living word. That's why the Bible said in John chapter 1, in the beginning was the word, the living word of God. And the word was God. And the word was with God. The same was in the beginning with God. God stepped out on nothing. And what did he do? With his own word, he spoke everything into existence. And while God spoke his word, and we have the written word, the living word of God was there on the morning of creation. This bread represents Christ, and it represents the living word. And then the calf, it's a picture of the grace and the blessings of God. You say, why is that? Because this old boy went home for bread. But thank God when he got home, he got more than what he bargained for. Amen. He didn't just get bread. But thank God he got a fatted calf. He got ribeye steak. Somebody say amen. I'll tell you, when I got saved, I wanted to be saved. I wanted Christ. I wanted to miss hell. But I got a whole lot more than what I bargained for. I got the fatted calf. Amen. Thank God he always gives us more than what we bargained for. I want to say this food is important because it's a type. And then secondly this morning, this food is important because it's a tool. Amen. Do you realize that God used every single bit of this food in this old boy's life? Amen. You say, what do you mean? Well, in verse number 15, the husk was the tool that was used for repentance. When that old boy got to the bottom, the very bottom, and the Bible says in verse 15, and he went and joined himself to the citizen of that country, and he sent him into the field to feed swine. And verse 16 said he would have fain have filled his belly with the husk that the swine did eat. God used the husk to bring that boy to repentance. Uh, he used that husk to bring him all the way down to show him how low a sinful man can go. You know God will use the devil's slot bucket, amen, uh, to get our attention sometimes. Uh, uh, you get out there and live in sin and live in all kinds of wickedness and worldliness. Uh, I'll tell you what God will do. Uh, he'll let you eat the husk of this world uh, uh, to bring you to a low place. Uh, I've seen people go out with their head held high and go out with their chest pooched out uh, uh, thinking they were going to tackle the world. Uh, and they had big plans and big ambitions just like this old boy. Uh, but when they reached rock bottom... Uh, and all they had in their hand was just a bunch of rotten husk, a bunch of filth of this world. It brought them to a place where they got on their knees and realized they needed to look up to God. I'm saying the husk was a tool that was used for repentance. And then the bread was a tool that was used for remembrance. Look at verse number 17. The Bible said that when he came to himself, you know what he did when he came to himself in verse 17? He remembered, amen, how many hired servants of my father's have bread enough and to spare and I perish with hunger. I'm going to tell you this bread was used uh, to get this boy's attention. It took him back down memory's lane. It reminded him uh, as he was looking at the husk uh, he was reminded of the bread that was on the father's table. He was reminded that he had it better at home. Uh, he had it better underneath the father's care than he ever did living out there on his own, doing his own thing, living his own way. You hear me this morning, young people? You live for God and you stay in the Father's house and you stay at the Father's table all the days of your life and God will be better to you than what this world will be to you. It was a tool. 
a tool used for remembrance, and then the calf was a tool that was used for rejoicing. When that old boy sat down to eat that steak, don't you know he shouted? Don't you know that there was some rejoicing when he remembered the good old days? And how good the father, I mean, when that steak was laid across his plate as he sat at that table, if he knew anything, he knew this. Uh, he knew he didn't deserve bread, but he sure didn't deserve a steak. Amen? He knew that whatever bite that he took, he knew the father had been good to him. I'm telling you, every time I go to the house of God, every time I sit at the Lord's table, every time God gives me a good message, it helps my soul. Uh, every time he speaks to my heart, uh, I rejoice in the fact of knowing where I ought to be and knowing how good he's been to me this morning. I'm just simply saying when you look at this text there's a whole lot of food in this text isn't there? I want to preach a few minutes this morning on this subject. On country cooking. Amen. Country cooking. I think it's in the context this morning because this old boy's on the farm. Amen. And on the farm, there's some bread. And on the farm, there's a calf. That means, uh, uh, listen, I know they were Jews, but had they not been Jews, they'd been some fried bacon and sausage. Somebody said, man, right there, whole hog sausage. Uh, I don't know about you, uh, but I like country cooking, amen? I'm telling you, listen, you, I, I don't get into, you know, I'll eat one if I have to, but I don't get into all these salads. And, and you know, if you want to go down to one of these uh, European, you know, shops, you know, where they give you something about this big and a, and a little, you know, a frappe and, a, and an apple, you know, and a little bitty bowl of soup, you know. I'm going to tell you, help yourself, but it'd take about 10 bowls of that soup. And it'd take, listen, don't give me half a sandwich. If you're going to take the time to make one, praise God, give me a whole one, amen. I mean, if you want to eat kale the rest of your life, go ahead and help yourself. I don't know about you, but I like gravy and biscuits. Somebody say amen. I like cornbread cooked in an iron skillet, amen. That's browned on top. And when you crumble it up in a glass of milk, it's like sand. Amen. Running down through there. Uh, isn't that just good cooking? Amen. Uh, I'm, listen, I'm not interested in bagels and, and I'm not interested, you know, in all, the, in all that kind of mess. Amen. Go ahead. I'll eat it if I have to. Uh, but it's just not the same. Can I get a witness right there? You can't put gravy on a bagel. Isn't that right? Cream cheese. I mean, that's not breakfast. Somebody say, man, that's irritation is what that is. Amen. For all you health people out there, you'll probably live about two years longer than the rest of us, but you're going to be miserable for 40 years. Amen. I'm telling you, listen, you can suck your prunes and eat your nuts and, and chew on your dates uh, until Jesus comes. That's all right. Uh, but when you get to the marriage supper of the Lamb, uh, they're not serving kale, somebody say amen. Uh, they're not serving, uh, uh, listen, they're not serving some little lattes. Uh, I'll tell you what there's going to be. There's going to be some bread. Amen. Uh, oh, Jesus broke bread, hallelujah, and in this text here, uh, it's country cooking, you can't deny it, it's what got that boy's attention, now you say what do you mean, go back and look with me in verse number 17 again when he came to himself look what he remembered how many hired servants of my father's, what do they have, they have bread when that boy got, do you say, well I'll tell you what brought him home was the love of, of the father no, it's not what brought him home I tell you what brought him home. I tell you, he run out of money. Well, in one sense, but that ain't what got his attention. 
in that slop and in that mess on his knees when he run out of everything he's only thinking about one thing right now because he's hungry you see a sinner's got to get hungry before they can get saved a backslider's got to get hungry before they can get right with God you wouldn't guilt this boy in going to back home you wasn't going to beat him into going back home you couldn't drag him back home but I'll tell you when he got hungry and I'll tell you when he got hungry he got hungry when he ran out of everything in this world and when he got hungry you know what he started thinking about he started thinking about bread oh I bless the day when I came in the house of God as a sinner hungry without God brother lady I knew I was feasting off the filth of this world that would never satisfy but thank God one day I got my mind off the slop of this world and I got it on the bread of life and thank God the bread is what led him home and the bread is what's going to lead us all home one of these days hallelujah let me give you a few things about this country cooking and we'll be done and we'll go eat some amen I want to say first of all I want you to see the beneficiaries of this bread in verse 17 notice the Bible says here that when he came to himself he said how many hired servants there were people at the father's table who were beneficiaries of the bread that was on that table. What that means is they didn't deserve it. What that means is that they could never be good enough to have it. The father could have fed them with anything he wanted to but he chose to feed them with bread. I want to tell you the bread was for everyone that was on the farm. The bread was for everyone that was in the, at the table. No one was excluded. Servants got to eat bread from the Father's table just like everyone else. I thought about there was three ways that the servants at that table were getting bread. You say, how is that? Servants, listen, they were serving servants. Amen. When they sit around that table, one servant passed that bread to another servant. Amen. You know that's what we do when we go to church uh, and the Sunday school teacher gets up to teach uh, or the preacher gets up to preach uh, or a testifier gets up and reads or quotes a verse out of the Bible. You know what we're doing? We're not listening there. I don't have anything to say to you that's going to help you and you don't have anything really worth saying to me that's going to help me. I'll tell you what I can do. I can preach the Bible. Somebody else can teach the Bible. Somebody else can quote the Bible and you know what we're doing? We're just one servant and bread to another servant. I'm telling you, somebody can get up and give a word of testimony and quote a verse, uh, and it could be that piece of bread that you need. Uh, I'm telling you, God knows how to pass the bread around his house. Amen? And its servants were serving servants. Uh, and then it was servants uh, were serving themselves. Amen? I'm telling you, listen, for some, that bread was close enough, they could just reach out and get a hold of it themselves. And can I tell you, that's why you need a personal prayer time. That's why you need to read your Bible every day, uh, because you can't spend your Christian life sitting around waiting for somebody to pass you some bread. You got to open this book for yourself. You got to serve yourself. God gave us a book and we ought to read it. Can I get a witness right there? Then I like this. The father was serving servants. You see the father sat at the table with them. Boy don't you know that was a privilege when the father reached over and took some of his own bread and gave it to a servant. Don't you thank God that you and I this morning are beneficiaries of the Word of God today? I'm telling you this morning, preaching, Bible study, 
fellowship, teaching. I thank God for every bit of it. Amen. I've never understood preachers that don't want to have Sunday school. Somebody say amen. I've never stood, understood evangelists that don't want to come to Sunday school. I don't have any confidence in evangelists that said uh, come in at 11 o'clock and then they want to preach to the people of God about being faithful and they want everybody there every night a revival when they're preaching but they're too sorry and low down to get out of the bed and they, or they want to claim they're too spiritual amen uh, to go to Sunday school. I think everybody ought to go to Sunday school. Everybody, you say, well, uh, preacher, I don't get nothing out of it. It's because you're not reaching out and getting a hold of anything. You're not putting anything in. It's a problem, amen. I'm telling you, sit up half the night, come dragging in about 20 minutes late, uh, and then want the Sunday school teacher to bless you. Still got the boogers in your eyes uh, uh, because you slept till 9.15 uh, and just drug in, uh, uh, but you can go to work at 5.30 or 4.30 on Monday morning. God, help your sorry soul, amen. Uh, you say, oh, no, you ought not say that. Oh, yes, I should. Uh, if you're a Christian, amen, and you're more dedicated to getting to work on time than you are to church, uh, uh, God help your sorry soul, amen. I'm telling you this morning, uh, you ought to love that book more than that, amen. You ought to love going to church more than that. You ought to get up about 6 o'clock, drink a pot of coffee, amen. Uh, listen, read your Bible, have a word of prayer, eat a little bit of gravy and biscuits, and come to the house of God ready to go to church. Can I get a witness right there? I'm just telling you this morning, uh, we've been blessed uh, to have a copy of the Word of God uh, and every opportunity to hear the Bible preached, uh, it ought to thrill our souls this morning. Amen. Some of y'all still hadn't woke up this morning. You woke up a little bit when I mentioned food, but you went back to sleep when you saw it was real it's spiritual food. Amen. Come on now. I'm just telling you, we ought to be more excited about this book. He said, you're just trying to work it up. No, I'm just telling you the truth this morning. Uh, the Bible said to let everything that hath breath praise the Lord. Praise ye the Lord. Uh, the psalmist said seven times a day, well, I praise the Lord. Uh, God is worthy to be praised. Uh, we ought to say amen to the truth. Amen. We ought to throw up our hand every now and then. Don't wave at me. Wave at him. That's Psalms 134. Oh, lift up your hands in the sanctuary and bless the Lord, all ye people of the Lord. Hey, it's biblical to raise your hand when a man of God's preaching that book. You're not waving at me this morning and I'm not waving at you. But I sure am thanking God that I'm a beneficiary of the bread of life, of the bread of God's book and God's word. Hallelujah. Isn't that right? Then I see the belonging of the bread. Who did this bread belong to? Notice he said in verse 17, and when he came to himself, he said, how many hired servants of my father's have bread? You know whose bread this is? It's the father's bread this morning. This boy knew who the bread belonged to. No one else in this story had bread but the father. You see, the bread is only found in one place. It's at the father's house and on the father's table. Amen. The sons and the servants are the only ones eating the bread at his table. The bread represents the son of God and it represents the word of God. You see, this bread this morning belonged to the father because he originated it. Amen. Before there were servants, before there was, a, there was a father. Before there was bread, there was a father. Before there was a field, there was a father. 
I'm telling you this morning, it's the Father's bread. I'm telling you, God always is and he always has been. Amen. I'm telling you, nobody created him. He is the creator. He was God in eternity past. I'm telling you, he was God before there was the beginning of time. Time is three-dimensional, past, present, and future. But God doesn't dwell in time. He dwells in eternity. That means that God had no beginning. And thank God he has no end. He's in the past. He's in the present. He's in the future. He says, I am the Lord. And I change not. Why? Because he's eternal. And he's everlasting. Amen. And before there was bread, there was a God in heaven. Amen. I'm telling you, before the mud seals of this old world was ever laid, there was a God. And there was a Savior. I'm telling you, that was slain before the foundation of this world. Amen. I'm saying this morning that the Father had bread when there was nothing. Do you know this morning, God's supplies never run out. It's simple. There had not been, if there had not been bread, everything on the farm would have died this morning. And do you realize this morning, if it wasn't for this book, there wouldn't be no me and you this morning. Jesus said it in John 6 in verse 48, I am the bread of life. In verse 51, he said, I am the living bread which came down from heaven. If any man eat of this bread, he shall live forever. And the bread that I will give is my flesh, which I will give for the life of the world. It's the Father's bread because he owned it. It's the originated it. It's the Father's bread because he owned it. Amen. It bears his identity in this text. Amen. It's the Father's bread. It's not the servant's bread. It's the Father's bread. Jesus said in John chapter 14 and verse number 9, He that has seen me hath seen the Father. In Colossians 1 and verse number 19, the Bible says, for it pleased the Father that in him should all the fullness dwell. You see, when Jesus came to this world, he is the bread of life, amen, and he came into this world. He's not the Son of God. He's the only begotten Son of God. He is God in the flesh. Is that right this morning? He is God incarnate. The incarnation of Jesus Christ means that he is much as much man, but yet he is just as much God. He is God in the flesh. God is a spirit and what God did my friend he poured all of his person and who he is in the persona of the Lord Jesus Christ when he became a babe in Bethlehem's manger he was God in the flesh amen as a 12 year old boy in the temple you know who he was he was God in the flesh I'm telling you when he was baptized in Matthew 3 in the river Jordan and he came up straightway out you know who he was and who he is he's God in the flesh when he preached in the desert and when he was tempted by the devil in the wilderness he overcame the devil because he was God in the flesh when he went on the mount of transfiguration and he began to pray and the Bible said that thank God his face began to shine and his garment began to glisten you know why? because he was God in the flesh hallelujah when he died on the cross he was God in the flesh when he came up out of the tomb he was God in the flesh when he arose and went back to the heavens. He was God in the flesh. I'm saying God originated this bread. God owned this bread. He is the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. And then he overseen it. Amen. This book this morning is God's bread. Can I get an amen right there? 2 Peter chapter 1 and verse 20 says, knowing this first, that no prophecy of the scriptures of any private interpretation. For this prophecy came not in old time by the will of man, but holy men of God spake 
as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. I talked, I will say this morning, not only the belonging of this bread, the beneficiaries of this bread, but I want you to think about the blessing of this bread in verse 17. He said, how many hired servants of my fathers, notice this, have bread enough? Would you catch that? They don't just have bread. They have bread enough. In other words, the father's bread on that table is more than they can handle. Amen. I mean, there's, when they're done, it's still there. The table never runs out of bread. I'm telling you, Bethlehem was called the house of bread. In Ruth 1 and verse 6, Naomi heard in the country of Moab how the Lord visited his people in giving them bread. In 1 Kings 17 and verse number 6, the the ravens brought Elijah bread and flesh in the morning and bread and flesh in the evening. In 1 Kings 17 and verses 18 through 16, Elijah commanded the widow woman to make him a little cake or bread for First, uh, and it looked like there wasn't enough bread. But I want to tell you something. When she went back uh, uh, through faith and obedience in the word, uh, verse 16 says this, uh, that the barrel of meal or bread, uh, it wasted not. Uh, there was enough for her. There was enough for her son. There was enough for the prophet Elijah. There was enough for her whole household. You say, what are you saying? I'm saying the blessing of this bread uh, is there's always enough. Uh, do you know you can read John 3:16 today and it's enough for today. Hallelujah. But guess what? You can go back to it tomorrow and you can read it again and it's going to be enough for tomorrow and it's going to be enough for the next day. I'm telling you, I've been reading this book for over 30 years and it's still enough. It's still enough. I haven't exhausted it. I've not preached it all. I've not exhausted every text. I've not exhausted every story. In fact, I preached this text more times than I can remember. But guess what? It's still enough today. Hallelujah. I feel something down in my soul a a churning and a burning hallelujah you know why because God's bread is the blessing of it is it's always enough hallelujah Brother, I thank God for my Bible, don't you? Woo, praise God. No wonder David said in Psalms 37 and verse 25, I've been young and I'm old, yet I've not seen the righteous forsaken nor his seed begging bread. I tell you this morning, it doesn't matter if you're preaching to 10 or preaching to 100 or preaching to 1,000. God's bread is enough for every soul that ever shows up. Hallelujah. God can take one sermon. He can chop it in 10,000 pieces and he can pass it out to everybody and it'll be what you need. You see, I'm not where you're at and you're not where I'm at. But this bread this morning, isn't it enough? I want to say not only the blessing of this bread, but look at the bounty of this bread. It gets even better. Look at verse 17. The Bible said, how many hired servants of my father have bread enough, but look at this, and to spare. (laughs) There's not just enough. There's more left over. How many of y'all like leftovers? God help you. Amen. I don't like leftovers. My wife likes them, but I don't like them. I reckon it's her fault anyway because she spoils me on it. But I like it fresh, don't you? I'm going to tell you something about this bread. I mean, look, you can take this bread, and listen, it can be left over, 
But when you pull it out, guess what? It's still hot. I mean, listen, there ain't nothing worse than a cold biscuit. Now go ahead and say amen. And you say, well, I put it in the microwave. Well, the only thing worse than a cold biscuit is a rubbery one. Isn't that right? If I want to chew on rubber, I'll go out there and get me a tire. Somebody say amen. But I'm going to tell you something about this bread. It never gets cold. It never goes stale. I'm telling you, this bread's always fresh. There's no mold in this bread. Hallelujah. I'm telling you, one night, I remember when I was a kid, I wanted a sandwich. I remember I went in there and made me a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. I was probably about 15 years old. And I ate that sandwich. It about the probably one as good, of, as good of a sandwich I'd ever ate. I got up, snuck in there, and didn't wake my mom and dad up, you know. And I ate that uh, sandwich. Got up the next morning. and was going to make me some toast. Went over there. And guess what? Whole pack was green. Amen. I mean, I had enough penicillin in me probably to last me for, ten, for five years. It didn't hurt. You say, well, that'll kill you. No, it didn't kill me. It killed something in me. Amen. Uh, but I'll tell you, when you're eating it in the dark, you don't know no difference. Amen. Uh, but I can tell you tonight or this morning, uh, it's bread's never got mold on it. It's bread never gets corrupted. Hallelujah. I'm just telling you this morning, the bounty of this bread uh, is there's more for uh, when it's all left over. I mean, the Lord took five loaves. Uh, how can he take five loaves uh, and break it and feed over five? 5,000 people and there still be a 12 basketfuls. I'll tell you how. Because he's God and he's the bread of life and when the bread of life touched this whole bread of this world it had no choice but to multiply. Hallelujah. I'm telling you God knows how to give us more than what we deserve. God knows how to give us more than what we ever expect. It may not be helping you but it sure is helping me to know that my God it's far better to me than what I could ever deserve and he can do far more than what I could ever ask him to do hallelujah oh there's an old song that says if you got a problem how does that go I'd sure like to share I can't remember all the words but it's a good one amen and I'll tell you I'll talk to my father that's what the songwriter said you see you know who got to enjoy the leftovers, I'm going to tell you who. Those who, when, when the 5,000 were fed, everybody ate, probably 25,000 people. 5,000 men besides the women and children. When everybody got through eating and their, their bellies was kind of, you know, pooched out, they took up 12 basketfuls. You know who got to enjoy that bread? I'm going to tell you who. Everybody that wasn't there to see the miracle. I don't know who carried. Somebody said the, the 12 apostles. That was a basket for. I don't think. I don't, I don't know about that. Because Jesus taught them to live by faith. Not by bushels. I don't know where all that bread went. But I'll tell you who got to eat it. Some people that got to eat it. There's people that wasn't there. And this morning. There's so much bread. On God's table. We're enjoying it today, aren't we? But I'm going to tell you, there's a world out there that needs it. And when we walk out these doors this morning, you ought to grab you a handful of tracks. If you go to a restaurant or if you go to a gas station or wherever you go to a grocery store, you ought to make sure somebody gets a piece of that bread that you've enjoyed this morning. Is that right today? I'm telling you, this morning the Lord can take one sermon and pass it along to others. Then notice... I want you to notice the baking of this bread this morning. 
You see, this old boy never doubted that when he went home, there was going to be bread on the table. Even in a famine, he said, them servants have got bread enough and to spare. I want to tell you this morning, God, somebody, that bread didn't just miraculously get on that table. Somebody had to constantly be preparing. Constantly from the field to the kitchen to the table. Preparation was constantly being made so others could be fed. And I'm going to tell you, when a man of God preaches to you on Sunday, when a Sunday school teacher teaches to you in a class, you remember this. That didn't just happen. Somebody labored. You know why you ought to pray for your Sunday school teachers? Because sometimes when you go to bed at 9 o'clock at night or 10 o'clock at night, they're up till 12 o'clock at night or 1 o'clock in the morning. Isn't that right, Brother Daniel? I asked Brother Daniel a few, few weeks ago, I said, how you doing? He said, I'm, I'm doing good. I said, and he wouldn't want me to tell it, but I want to use his illustration. I said, well, I thought he looked a little tired. He said, why did he get a little sleep? He said, I was up most of the night getting ready for Sunday school. Well, I tell you this morning, if you don't come to Sunday school, you ought to change next week. If you're a member of this church, you don't come to Sunday school, I want to tell you this morning, you're going to give an account of the judgment seat of Christ. For every lesson that every teacher prepared for you that you didn't show up to hear. I said, Brother Gravely, you're trying to put me on a guilt trip. No, I'm just trying to tell you that's how it is. Somebody prepared. I'll tell you, the only people that left hungry was the people that didn't show up at the table. And there are people sitting here probably this morning. You'll go home the same way you came. You know why? Because you might be at the table, but you're not reaching out and getting a hold of what I'm giving you're going to go home. You're worried. It's, it's seven minutes. It's nine minutes after 12. But I'm, i got good news for you in Alabama. It's only nine minutes after 11. Amen. And I'm preaching until I'm done this morning. i got about eight or nine or ten more minutes preaching in me. So just hold tight for a minute. You say, why is that? Because I'm telling you, when you study and labor and pray and God puts a burden on you, somebody needs it. I'm going to tell you, I'm anything this morning. I know I'm nothing. Every preacher in here knows it takes time to prepare a message. I mean, listen, to you, I didn't get something off the Internet this morning. And they probably stuff on the Internet better than what I could come up with, <clears throat> what I can, can as far as uh, accumulate a, a sermon structure. They may be stuff better, but at least what I can tell you this morning, God the Holy Ghost spoke to me, and he gave it to me some, some time back. And I preached this sermon other places, but I would say to you this morning, it's fresh this morning because God, Gave it to me today. God said, preach that message this morning. The baking of bread. This boy never thought much about the bread growing up on the farm. But I kind of feel like on this day when he pulled up at the table. See, the bread was always there. It was always available. Just like you can come to church. And this church has been blessed down through the years. Not just the years I've been here. But Bible Baptist Church since 1961 has been blessed down through the years to hear good Bible preaching down through the years. 
And if I'm not careful and you're not careful, we can get so used to having a good Sunday school teacher, a good, uh, a good uh, preacher preaching in the pulpit, an evangelist coming through. We can get so used to that preacher that comes through every year that after a while we'll say, well, you know, I just think I'll stay home and, and you know, just kind of rest. It's a little rainy outside. So I think I'll stay home this morning in my pajamas and, and just watch it online. Amen. This old boy sat down at the table, and I'll tell you something. Because he had been in the hog pen, and because he had been hungry, when he pulled up to the table this time, the bread that had been there all of his life meant more to him on this day because he had smelled husk. Hear me, young people. He would smelled the filth of this world. He had been hungry. And now the preaching meant more to him than it did as a child growing up. Finally, notice with me lastly the breaking of this bread. Acts 2.42 says, And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship and in breaking bread and prayers. This morning, this boy was not breaking bread with the father and the servants He wasn't breaking bread with them in verse 15 and 16 and 17. You know why? Because he was out of fellowship with God. He remembers it, but he's not a partaker of it. He comes to himself, and this is what he says in verse number 18. I will arise and go to my father, and I'll say to my father, I've sinned. Son, where have you sinned? He said, well, I've sinned in two places, but I've sinned first against heaven. That means his father had taught him right and before thee. Hey, hear me this morning, backslider. You've been away from God for a long time. You've been away from the Father's table for a long time. You've been out of fellowship with God. And every Sunday that you've been out of fellowship with God, bread's been put on the table somewhere. The Father has kept putting bread on the table. I think about people that used to come to this church that are out of God's will today. I think about people that used to sit in these pews. And Brother Laddie, they're gone this morning. I don't know where they're at. I don't know what they're doing. I'm quite certain their life is not going better out of church than it was in church. I'm quite certain that the devil, he may give them booze and he may give them all kinds of liquor and he may give them all kinds of of wickedness and he may give them all kinds of pleasures and things. He may even give them a lot of materialistic things, but I'm quite certain when they lay their head down at night, they're not as satisfied at the devil's table eating his slop. Isn't it amazing when people get out of church, you know what they want to do? They feel like, they feel an obligation to try to convince everybody that they ever went to church with that they're doing better out there than they were in here. Now, I feel sorry for those people, but you know why that doesn't bother me? I don't care what they say. I don't care what they post. I don't care what they do. You know why that doesn't bother me? Because I know according to the Word of God, that's not impossible. If you're saved, you can do everything after you got saved that you did before you got saved, but you'll never enjoy it after you got saved like you did before you got saved. And if you're here this morning and you're backslid, you know what I'm talking about. This morning, I want to ask you this question as they come and get us a song ready. Do you have bread? The best meal I ever ate 
was not living out in the world. It was being in the house of God, living for Jesus. Are you thinking about going out there to this world, the far country? I'll tell you where you're going to wind up at. It's in that text. You'll wind up in a hog pen somewhere. And when you're hungry, the only thing you're going to find is a bunch of filthy slop. That's all the world has. That's all they have this morning. They'll leave you empty. and They'll leave you with nothing. I'll tell you what God will do. He'll feed you good. He'll prepare a meal for you. How many times, child of God, have you came to church and the preacher knowing nothing about where you're at, you just needed help from heaven and God just passed you a piece of bread. He gave you something that filled you up. He gave you something that satisfied your soul. He gave you something that sent you home saying, you know what? It was good. It was good to be in the Lord's house this morning. I never left the devil's table <coughs> satisfied. I'm going to tell you something. You look at every Hollywood actor. You look at every superstar, every athlete this morning. I don't care if they what championship they win. I don't care what award they are given. I don't care how much money they make. They always feel a need to gain more. It's never enough. But I have met enough of God's people along the way. They didn't have the riches of this world. They didn't have the fame, the popularity, the influence, the followers, the fan club that this world wants to promote. They didn't have those things. But they were satisfied at serving Jesus. Brother Blue, before he passed away, he made, started making this statement. He made it years ago, but it became something he just kept saying over and over. He said, I am a satisfied customer of the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm going to tell you something. I never met anybody that got saved and served God that turned around and come back and said, you know what, I ain't satisfied with him. But I met a lot of them got out in that world with the scars and say, you know what, it wasn't worth it. I wonder this morning as we stand. I've preached long, but I tell you, I've had a burden this morning. I had a burden this morning. And I really believe, hey, somebody needs to get on this altar. Your backslid. Maybe you've been thinking about the far country. Maybe you've been, maybe you, maybe you've not been thinking about the far country, but it's been a long time since you pulled, at the t- pulled up to the table at church and said, you know what, I'm hungry. I'm hungry for God to feed my soul this morning. He'll do that if you are. If you need to come, you come this morning. Brother Sam's going to sing. If you're backslid, please come. You may be a church member away from God. God will help you this morning if you'll just come while we sing.